This is probably one of the hardest decisions that most business owners will have to make. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we just help people live a kick-ass life. But we do it through performance tools for your mindset and also for your business. And my goal is to help people live a kick-ass life because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. So anyway, this is something that I think is probably one of the biggest chasms or the biggest gaps that most business owners need to jump in order to grow and scale their business. And it's also the one thing I think that stops most business owners from really getting good results in their business. It keeps them stressed out, burnt out, tired, frustrated. But if you wanna grow a great business, you have to go through this. This is also why I keep trying to get more business owners to come and do our Thrive Time event because the number one thing that is gonna stop most business owners is their mindset. And the biggest jump that most business owners need to make in their business, which is really hard mentally and emotionally, because it brings up a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of concern, is the jump from being a technician or an artist to a business owner. Now, there are a lot of people out there who say, yeah, but I own a business because I have an Australian business number or whatever the business numbers are around the world. So essentially you have an entity which is a business. So you might be a sole trader in Australia. You may be a company owner. You may have put your business into a company or a trust, but they're just legal entities. That doesn't really mean that you're a business owner yet. Going from someone who goes out every day and let's say that you mow lawns, having an Australian business number or a business entity where that's how you do your taxation, but you're still on the tools every day and you're still mowing lawns every day and doing gardens, you're not really a business owner. You essentially have a job and your job is to go out and mow lawns every day. You're still the technician. You're still the artist. Now, over time, as the business grows, let's say you take on a lot of clients. You're normally good at your skill set. And because of that, you keep getting more and more clients. Eventually, you want to hire somebody. Then when you hire somebody, you will do your work. Plus, then you'll also have to manage another person. You'll have to do taxation for two people. You'll probably have to do any legal for two people. You will have to do customer service for two people. You might have to do a little bit of marketing and Facebook. And so because of that, you make a little bit more money, but you still have to give up a lot more time in order to make that extra money. This is why for most people who say, I wanna go out and start a business, it's a bad idea because you might make more. Like let's say you make twice as much money as what you do as far as income goes, but at the end of the week, the profit may be less. So if you're an electrician and you go out and hire a second person and you've got to provide them a van, tools, insurance, you've got to do the accounting, you then have to get twice as much work now. So you've got to do a bit of marketing, you've got to do networking, all of that sort of stuff. You're not really per hour making more money. In fact, you may actually be making less money than what you're making if you worked for somebody else. For most business owners, they don't really think about that. Now, these are people who have a business number. But let's say you keep growing your business and you go from two, three, four, five staff. The biggest challenge that most business owners face is getting off the tools or getting off of doing what they originally did in order to grow the business. And so then they'll get caught up, still stuck doing the majority of the work in the business. In order to become a business owner, a real business owner where you actually run the business, you have to spend your day building systems, processes, managing people, leading people. And that's quite tough because most business owners aren't used to doing that. So they're not used to learning communication tools. So for most business owners, one of the greatest things that they will ever learn is better communication. Because if you're leading a team, 
you have to be able to communicate what you want effectively. So you have to be able to, to do things like create key performance indicators. You have to then create expectations. You have to then create company values. You've got to create a company mission. And then you have to reinforce that on a daily basis throughout the culture of the business. Should you do that, eventually you start to create a culture where the culture is the culture that you want. Whereas what most business owners do is they'll say, we've got a culture of doing high quality work, but the work isn't high quality. The work was high quality when they were doing the work, but it's not anymore because I've got a whole bunch of people who come to work that don't really give a fuck. They just do their job and they go home. They don't really care. They're not even thinking. They just essentially take their brain out when they start the day. They do whatever they do. They get a paycheck at the end of the week. And normally after work, they put their brain back in and they go home. And so for most business owners, they complain and they'll say things like, my staff are useless. My staff are stupid. My staff are dumb. They don't give a shit. They do a crap job. And so the business owner is consistently frustrated and stressed. And this is normally because, first of all, the business owner hasn't made the jump from doing the work and being a technician or an artist, which is that they're good at their art or they're good at the technical side of the business to then becoming the business owner where they allow other people to thrive in the business and they lead and manage them and focus on the growth of the company. They are also then moving to putting systems in and processes or frameworks so that other people can follow and do what they do. They are good at doing the technical work, so therefore they should be building the processes or the systems or creating frameworks so that other people can follow that so that they're delivering as good a quality of work, maybe sometimes if not better than what they originally did. They also then need to figure out other stuff, like they need to think through taxation, they need to think through legal, they need to think about all the other things that could go wrong in the business and deal with those. That chasm for most business owners is extremely hard to jump across because I wanna get involved in everything. Something that I've been learning over the last year especially is that when my team come to me and they complain about a whole bunch of stuff, I will go, okay, do I need to build a framework? Do I need to help them to build a framework? Because they might know their job role better than what I do. So I will help them to build a framework. Do we need to build a policy or a procedure? Do we need to have a better system that makes things flow a bit easier? Or do I need to just turn around and say to them, okay, how would you fix it? And then I let them fix it. And if they say, well, essentially I can't do the job that I need them to do, then I just have to say something like, that's okay. If you can't do your job, I understand. And what that means is if you can't do your fucking job, it's time to move on. Now that doesn't happen often, but I know that it does happen in businesses and I've had to say it to people before in the past because you might hire someone to do marketing. They are shit with marketing and they do a poor job and you just say, hey, look, we're supposed to be generating leads. We need X amount of leads per week. If you can't do your job, just let me know. And then what that does is it puts the pressure back onto them if they can't do it and then they can't step up and they can't figure it out, then go and hire somebody else who can. It's not your job as the business owner to babysit people and to nurture their growth and all that stuff to do the job that you've hired them for in the first place. And this is why over time as a business owner, you have to jump that chasm to being really good at running the business because if not, you won't hire the right people. When I used to go through and hire people, I would just hire people because I'm like, shit, we've got this problem. I just need it fixed. And so I'll just put an ad out or I would meet someone and they go, yep, I can fix it. And you just throw money at them. And three to four months later, you're like, what the fuck happened? Like we haven't got any results. Then I try to nurture them. I go and do all the research in order to fix a problem. So I'm sitting there at nighttime until midnight doing research, trying to figure out how to solve this problem. Then I've got to go to work the next day and then educate the staff member that is incompetent at their job role, how to do their job because they're not doing their job effectively and I didn't wanna fire them. I made all those mistakes and it's a really, really, really bad way of running a business. So now I just hire people that are competent at their job role and also are a culture fit. They're the two things that I'm looking for every time I hire someone. Personally, I don't do the hiring process. Jess does it because she's the CEO of the company now or Catherine, who's the general manager, will hire people. 
Normally though, I will come in in the last stages of the hiring process and I just sit there and I listen to them talk. I ask them some questions and I just make sure, can they do the job and are they a culture fit? They're the only two things I'm trying to figure out. If you hire someone and you're a business owner who is a good culture fit, but they're incompetent, then you have to train them and develop them, put a lot of energy into them. Now, sometimes that's okay, but for most business owners, especially if you want to grow the business, it's not that effective. The second thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that they've got to be a culture fit, but they've also got to have the skill set as well. So you have to make sure that they can deliver upon the outcomes that you want. This is something I talk quite heavily about in our Business Growth Odyssey event. What I find is that the majority of business owners don't know how to hire effectively, and I never used to. Even though I don't do a lot of hiring anymore, I let the team hire. There are two things that you really have to understand. And the first one is what is the specific outcome that you need from this person? So let's say if I'm hiring a marketer, like a Facebook marketer or a Facebook ads person, what I want is I want leads. That's the thing that I'm tracking them on because leads create sales, sales creates cash. Cash in the bank means that we can grow the business, we can get out to more people, we can put more money back into the community and so on. I'm hiring somebody to get us leads. Now, if they say, well, we need to run Facebook ads and we need to build our YouTube campaigns and all that stuff, that's great. I don't care what you do. What I care is that I'm measuring you on leads. If in three months you can't get me enough leads and that's not consistent, then you have to go and I'll hire somebody else because that's the one thing that I need. Now, when most people hire people, especially when you haven't hired a lot of people, you will just go, oh, look, they will get us leads. And then after a while, they're going, we're running Facebook campaigns. We're building our Facebook community. We've got more likes on these posts. And you're like, where the fuck are my leads? And so it creates a frustration because you're never really clear in the first place. When you're super clear and a staff member knows exactly what they're being held accountable for, then all their job is is to make sure that that thing gets delivered. However they do that is up to them. So you have to be really, really clear, which is also why business owners have to jump that chasm because you need to spend more time thinking. If you're not thinking, you will find that most of your staff won't think as in-depth as what you need them to. So you need to think in-depth and be able to ask them effective questions to be able to communicate effectively with them, which means you need to control your communication skills. You also need to manage your emotions because when staff members come to you and they're freaking out and they're upset or they're not getting the results that they want, you need to be able to control their emotions, calm them down, bring them back on track, help them to refocus and guide them in the direction again and let them go. And so this is all part of leadership and management. This is something that the majority of technicians are not good at, okay? Technicians will just go, this person can't do their job, they're just fucking useless and they'll just complain about them instead of either upskilling them or getting rid of them and hiring someone else who is competent. But in order to do that, you need to know exactly what you wanna hire. You need to know why you're hiring them. You need to know what they look like. You need to make sure that they're a skills fit and that they can deliver on those skills or those results and also that they're a culture fit. Because if you bring someone in who's extremely skilled, yet they're a poor culture fit, you will end up losing the rest of your staff because they'll go, this person's a dickhead and I don't enjoy working here anymore. So those two things are really, really important. Very rarely does an individual win a match. It's normally a team of people that win matches, but there are superstars in those teams. So if we go back to the Michael Jordan era in basketball or the Kobe Bryant era of basketball, they were the superstars, but they also had a team of people who made sure that they could win. And without those players, those other players on the court, Kobe Bryant couldn't win games and neither could Michael Jordan. They needed other players there. So in your team, you might have one or two superstars, but you still need to make sure that you have the rest of the team there who are taking care of their roles and are doing the right things. If you just hire a superstar who comes in and the rest of the team fucking hate him, then that's gonna be a cultural problem and you're gonna lose anyway because the rest of the players won't essentially be in your business. They'll be distracted, they'll be preoccupied, they'll wanna leave, 
So as a legitimate business owner, you have to jump that chasm in order to be able to think through these situations to make sure that you're building the right team so that everybody can win. You essentially have to move from becoming a player to the coach. I think that's probably the easiest way of thinking about business ownership. And way too many businesses stall or bottleneck on the owner, and it's a lot of pressure on the owner. For those business owners out there, you will know that feeling where everything rests on your shoulders. I've had it so many times, and it just creates this huge amount of pressure. You get the tightness in your chest. You're stressed out all the time. You're not focused on other things apart from just solving problems in the business. You can be stressed and frustrated. And it's just basically because you haven't jumped that chasm from being the player to now being the coach. You're still trapped as a player where you're having to do everything in the business and trying to coach other people in order to help them win the game. And you just don't have the eyes on the game. Like the coach is watching the game the whole time, figuring out how to move, figuring out how to beat problems, okay? How to beat the competitors. Imagine if the coach was playing in the game. It's very, very hard to see what everybody else is doing because you're in the game so much. And so business owners have to be able to jump that chasm. But the first thing that they really have to work on, and it's about 95% of the shift, happens in the psychology of the owner. And most owners will not develop the psychology to be able to jump that chasm. They get too afraid, they get too scared, they are too stressed out, they think that everyone else is incompetent, they like to control everything. And because of that, the business will never grow. And all that will happen is that they will just be trapped in the business until they retire. And I've seen it with my dad. My dad has gone through his whole business ownership career for the last probably 20, 25 years. He used to work jobs before that, but he loves being able to go to the pub on a Friday afternoon. He loves to knock off work early. At the same time, he wants to make more money. And so he hires more staff. He's very competent at his skill set. He's amazing with his hands and fixing things. So he owns a maintenance company. He hires these staff. Then he realizes that three quarters of them are incompetent. He's got no process no system. He finds out that when the guys go to the hardware store, they're buying extra shit for themselves. And so then he gets irritated and fires them. And so this is just where he gets trapped. And then every time I catch up with him, he's frustrated. And you can tell just in the way that he acts and the way that he communicates about his business. He's not enthusiastic. He's not inspired. He just wakes up and goes to work and does a job because it's just what pays the bills. And that's how most people in our society live life. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume it's because you're not one of those people. You want to thrive in life. Now you can thrive as a business owner, but in order to do that, you have to make sure that you become the owner and the coach, not the player. And so you have to help other people to be good players on the court and you can't be the superstar. Your self-worth can't be based on how everyone else is playing all the time and you can't jump in and save everybody. Like the coach can't jump back into the game and shoot hoops. They can't do that. The coach has to stay the coach and he has to make the players better. And that's essentially what business ownership is. And if you want to scale, that's what you need to do. And so you have to be growth driven. You have to grow relatively fast, especially if you're probably earning under $10 million turnover in your business, which is only you know a very small percentage of businesses. You have to learn a lot of shit really, really quickly. Like you'll go from doing marketing to then jumping into processes. Then you'll have to jump back into leadership. Then you'll have to deal with someone else's you know, emotional stuff. So then you'll have to jump into management. Then you'll have to build KPIs or key performance indicators for your team. You might then have to go out and focus on sales and business operations. Then you might have to jump back out and go into the hiring process. And so you've got to learn all of these skill sets so that then you can guide other people. But if you're a business owner, you have to understand business. And business has so many facets. It's not just one facet. And that's where, like, let's go back to the basketball analogy. If you're the coach of a basketball game, you have to understand all aspects of that game in order to get the best out of the individual players that play certain roles. The same thing happens in a business. If you've got a marketing team, it's probably best that you understand marketing to a level that you can guide that team, especially as you grow and scale. 
Now, if you're in a large corporate business and you've worked your way up the ranks to a CEO or something like that, and you've got 100, 200, 300 staff, completely different ballgame. So every level of business needs a different level of business leader. I've mentioned this in some other podcasts. I met a guy a while ago who essentially he takes a 10 to $20 million business, builds it to a $50 million business in a couple of years, and then exits that business and goes back and is essentially rehired by or hired by another business that is in that 10 to $20 million price point, goes and scales it to 50 million and then exits because he knows all the problems that are going to occur in that range of scale. There are some people out there who will only work for multi-billion dollar multinational companies because that's their skill set, as in they're the CEO of those large organizations. If you were to take them and put them in a startup business, most of them can't survive because they don't have the drive and the craziness to not plan to just figure shit out on the fly. Now that's not saying that they can't, but the majority of them can't. Every level of business has different problems that need to be solved. And so going from zero to the first million or maybe three million, there are a whole bunch of problems like the hiring processes, no systems, no process or ineffective systems and processes, hiring the wrong people, poor management, poor leadership, no tracking. There's a whole bunch of different things. Decisions are normally made on the price point of people. So you'll hire people based on price, not based on the quality of the work that they do and the value that they bring to the company. As you start to go through and the business starts to expand and you push beyond those points and you start to grow towards $10 million, the business owner then has to make sure that they are starting to put in management teams, manage cash flow, manage sales. You know, there's a whole bunch of different things that need to happen as the business grows. But that's why a business owner has to be able to consistently grow. And the first step that they have to do is to jump that massive chasm from the technician to the business owner, because if not, they'll just stall the growth of the business. This is also why I'm creating right now our Dominate program, Dominate Zero to a Million Dollars. It's almost finished, where essentially it is a subscription service. You sign up and I will help business owners to be able to build to their first million dollars because most business owners really struggle to get to that first million dollars and crack over that mark. And the reason why is because there is so many little problems that just occur on a daily basis. And you've got to learn so quickly. You've got to learn a heap about sales, marketing, branding, customer service, leadership, communication skills. And then you've also got to deal with your own stress levels and your own pressure and make sure that you manage your health and your family because all of those other things will affect your business if you don't know how to manage them. So I'm putting together a program which allows people to have an amazing lifestyle as they grow their business so that you can consistently stay inspired and thrive, not only in life, but in business as well to get past that first million dollars. I'm just finalizing that at the moment. I wanna make sure that it's high quality, so I'll release it when I'm 100% happy with where we're at with it. So I'm just fine tuning it at the moment to make sure that it is absolutely epic because just most business owners don't learn fast enough and don't have the emotional tools to be able to grow a business effectively up past that million dollar range. So anyway, I hope that helps Driven Mofos. I hope you've learned something today. If you haven't already done so, please make sure you jump into our No BS Business Hacks Facebook group if you're a business owner, where I share daily tips, tools, strategies, and where we've just got a community of driven business owners. You know, if you're not surrounding yourself with people who are consistently driven, you'll surround yourself with people who aren't driven, which will then make you doubt your drive. And that's also where a lot of people in business lose their drive because they hang around other people that talk about holidays and weekends and you know, why everything shouldn't be so hard and they'll just whinge and moan and complain and you'll lower your standards. I wanna have a group of individuals or a group of people who are business owners that are driven to build good businesses and good companies that they enjoy going to work or they enjoy driving the business growth every day. So that's why we created the No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. Type in the search bar, you can join for free. I look forward to seeing you in there. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking ass, stay driven and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.